It's something for nothing. The Rush Fan Cast. Jerry and Steve with you. Jerry, what's going on? Oh, not much, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, I just read that Getty Lee is going to be working on a memoir. How cool is that? I know. I can't wait for that. That's going to be pretty cool. And it's supposed to be huge. Huge as in many, many pages? A very long book, yes. Like War and Peace, kind of? Yeah. How great is that going to be? It's going to be great. You know, he did a great job with the copy for his uh, big book, A Beautiful Base. Oh, yeah. It's very well written. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All the secrets of Rush will be revealed. That's right. Yeah, I can only imagine what's going to be in it. This is very exciting. Getty must have so many great stories. So many great stories. I'm looking forward to every page. It's going to be great. It's very exciting. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Rush Fancast. Instagram, you can find us at The Rushcast. Email Jerry, TheRushcast at gmail.com. And join our email list while you're at it. Send Jerry an email. Tell him you want to be on the list, and we will add you. We are not spammers. One email a week, right? Or scammers. Or scammers. We're not spammers. We're not scammers. We're not jammers. Something else that rhymes <laughs> with that. I can't think of another word. The base intro and outro was done by Lex. As always, follow or subscribe to us via your favorite podcast app. And Jerry, I hope you have an email for us. I do. This is from Jeff. Hey, Jeff. He says, hey, guys, just listen to your final Clockwork Angels podcast and agree with all of your sentiments. That's it. That's the whole email. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is a top five Rush album for me, and the garden is a masterpiece. I was thinking a lot about the idea of our life as a garden, that we reap the fruits of it in the twilight of our years. The good and the bad things that grow there depend on how we cultivated that life in the years we are given. This is a great way for the band to put an exclamation point on a meaningful career. I also remember when they played this at the Atlanta show and how overwhelmed I was by the emotion and gravity of what the song represents. No sooner had I dried my eyes than the band kicked in with Dreamline. It was like the band said, screw that, we are still young, and proceeded to show <laughs> us that they still had gas in the tank. It was one of my favorite Rush moments ever and a good reminder of how lucky we have all been. Jeff. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks. We agree wholeheartedly. That's very true. Everything he said. Everything he said. So, Jared, we've got another great guest today on Something for Nothing. In April 2020, a task force was created to plan a memorial for Neil Peart at Lakeside Park in Port Dalhousie in St. Catharines, Ontario. And today we're lucky enough to have the chair of that task force with us, David DiRocco. Welcome to the Rush Fancast. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. We like to start by asking our guest, David. What is your Rush origin story? When did you first hear Rush, and how did you become a fan? I first heard Rush on a local uh, radio station playing By Tour and the Snow Dog. I instantly fell in love, and I got to see my first Rush show very quickly afterwards at the old Buffalo Auditorium, uh, where I promptly got kicked out of the show for trying to get to the floor, <laughs> snuck back in and had a great uh, rest of the concert. So been a fan ever since. And what year was that? Uh, that was 1976. Oh, wow. So you've seen them a lot, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I'm probably upwards of 35 to 40 times. Nice. Once you saw that show, did you run out and buy every Rush album at that point? I did. I was a huge Caress of Steel fan, obviously, because uh, Lakeside Park, I, I live about eight minutes away from there. So 
Of course, a song like that when you're a teenager resonates uh, quite highly that somebody's singing about a place where you live. I definitely bought most of the catalog uh, and then very, was very lucky I had a career in rock radio. So uh, I hate to say this, but I didn't have to pay for much after that. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of benefits to seeing Rush shows. <laughs> well, it's true. And back then, there wasn't much of a back catalog to uh, have to buy anyway, right? No, that's true. So in January 2020, just a few days after Neil Peart's death, the mayor of St. Catharines, Walter Senzik, introduced a motion to rename Lakeside Park Pavilion in Neil's honor. And soon after that, a task force was created, which you are the chair of. Can you fill us in on the steps between the mayor's announcement to forming that task force, how that happened? I absolutely can. But to back it up before the mayor's announcement, myself and two other people had met with the mayor and city council as early as 2018. We pitched an idea to the mayor of honoring the entire band in Lakeside Park to celebrate Russia's 50th anniversary. Uh, we had some insider support from the Rush camp, and the mayor was all for it. But then the idea very quickly got shelved. Uh, we, we didn't hear from the Rush camp for a little while. Now we know why. It was because Neil was sick, uh, and they didn't really want to move forward with any initiatives until, uh, you know, things played out. So in 2020, the mayor announced the renaming of the pavilion. Uh, we got back together with the local councillors in the Port of Lucy Ward and pitched the idea of this um, memorial. And that's when the committee was struck. And what is the committee specifically in charge of? It's obviously that the pavilion has been named, but you were formed in order to find artwork. You were formed in order to have some kind of reconstitution of the grounds in general. What was What's the task force? We, we thought the naming of the pavilion was a great idea, but collectively, the groundswell of support and love and passion for Neil basically precipitated a larger uh, initiative. So the committee was struck to kind of determine what that might look like. And we were tasked with, A, um, you know, debating, discussing, coming up with ideas, and then then developing the plan to make it happen. Uh, as it was, we decided that a public memorial of some structure, some capacity, would be the best way to go. So we worked uh, collaboratively with the city of St. Catharines to come up with an RFPQ, which we sent out to artists with the hope and goal of ultimately building a beautiful public tribute to Neil on the grounds of Lakeside Park. Right there, that's an open-ended kind of question or request, isn't it? It really is, and that's kind of the joy and uh, the frustration for a lot of people who ask us the questions all the time, well, what's it going to be? And frankly, we don't know yet. That initial request was really to garner proposals from artists literally around the world. We got uh, one as far as Italy, several from the U.S., of course, across Canada, um, many different artists, artist collaboratives, uh, foundries, art collectives, and individuals who were just passionate about Neil. They wanted to throw their hat in the ring. But that process was really all about making sure that whoever the final seven, as it were, seven proposals that came in 
that they had the capacity and the team behind them to be able to deliver on what they will eventually propose as a final art piece. Now, is it going to be necessarily one proposal that's chosen, or is it possible that you could choose, say, a sculpture from a sculptor and maybe a landscaper would would do something else, or will it be one particular proposal that's approved? I'm pretty sure it's going to be one. I know when I first joined this committee, I brought to the table, uh, obviously you guys know who Gordon Lightfoot is, another Mm -hmm. very famous Canadian. Gordon, uh, there's a beautiful Gordon who's still alive. Uh, He has a beautiful uh, tribute to him up in uh, a place called Aurelia, Ontario, on Lake Kuchiching. They designed a beautiful structure that incorporated sort of an art piece rendering of Gord, but incorporating much of his lyrical content. Uh, And then flowing out of that very large and beautiful art piece is a winding walkway along the lake full of Gord's lyrics and Gord's artwork. So that's kind of in my mind, I was like, I'm not the artist here, but I brought that to the table. And my uh, mantra has always been, let's think big here. It's Neil Peart. There's nobody bigger coming from St. Catharines. So when we floated that out to the artists, we wanted them, whoever the final seven were, which we have chosen now, to think big and to think in those broad terms. But I'm pretty sure to answer your question, it will probably be one Each one of these individual groups has the capacity to have the landscaping and the lighting and the um, ongoing maintenance required by the city in order to uh, satisfy all the criteria that the city has. And uh, your mantra also reflects uh, the lyrics of Caravan. Can't stop thinking big, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So from here, you have this short list of seven companies, people, a mixture of both. What happens now? Is this where the actual proposal for what will happen with the space comes in? And how long is that process going to take? All seven. Originally, we were only going to choose uh, six artists just because of uh, the work involved in going through the proposals uh, and, and really you know, judging if they're effective. We chose seven because the scoring matrix that we implemented to judge each proposal, there were seven that were far and above all the rest. So we cut it off. There was a significant drop off in scoring after eight, nine, 10. So all seven of them are now tasked with getting together with their team and bringing the vision of their artistic piece to life to present back to the committee. They have until, um, I believe it's the end of March, 2022. I might be wrong there, but I know it's in the spring. And they're all being paid a small stipend uh, for their troubles. Um, But they have to come back with a very realized vision of what their artistic piece will be. Now, did you seek out approval from Neil's family and any feedback from Neil's family on what they would want this to look like? Uh, We do have someone on our committee who's very closely aligned with Neil's family. Uh, One of our committee members is also very uh, closely aligned with the band itself. Um, She is the president of Factor here in Canada, which uh, allocates a lot of funds to up-and-coming Canadian artists. She's worked as a PR person for Rush Camp for many, many years. So everything has been communicated to Neil's family. Uh, We certainly 
would not work in a silo without, uh, in, you know, involving them at the end of the day. Where we've tried to keep a distance is just in really letting the artists and the artist teams do what they do best. We, we kind of gave them a very loose criteria in terms of location in the park where the art piece might be. In fact, we didn't even narrow it down to one space. Much like the Gordon Lightfoot statue, we've given them a couple of locations. They can use one or the other or incorporate both. But we've tried to be hands off in terms of actually guiding what these groups will create. So I'm certain that Neil's family uh, appreciates that. Um, we're being very respectful of the man and his legacy. And we also know this is going to be a tourist mecca, not just for uh, Rush fans and fans of Neil, but people who uh, who love to do touristy things when they're away. <laughs> I was just in Nova Scotia, I told you before we started, and I actually drove off the road to take a picture with a giant blueberry. So, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you have a chance to go off road and take a picture with Neil, you're going to do it. Yeah, you're totally going to do that. So there is an aspect of this that um, it's it'll be larger, perhaps more comprehensive of the entire space so that people can come to the park and visit it and stay and get something out of it, Rush fans and non-Rush fans alike. Yeah, and that's, that's sort of some of the guidelines that in, in the original um, request for proposals, we wanted the artists to be aware that, yes, Neil was a member of Rush. Yes, he was a drummer, but he was also a highly respected author of, you know, best-selling books, a very thoughtful lyricist. So we want them to understand the use of the space and incorporate, you know, elements uh, that where people could maybe sit and write lyrics or sit and reflect and be philosophical and read and... I kind of, you know, I was a drummer when I was younger. I do hope that there's some sort of interactive musical component sitting behind Neil's kit and taking a great shot. Uh, but again, I don't want to lead any of the artists. Uh, they they know how to create much better than we do as a committee. There's so many ways you can go with this. I mean, Neil's love of nature is something else that can be incorporated into this as well, right? Absolutely. And, and, one of the blessings is that Lakeside Park is a very beautiful location on its own. Uh, it's right where it's it's sort of an old fishing village that uh, before St. Catharines amalgamated it and took it over. Uh, it was the original um, opening of the Welland Ship Canal into Lake Ontario uh, to help circumvent Niagara Falls and the Niagara River. And, uh, you know, the willows, the willows and the breeze are still there. And there's a beautiful, brand new, uh, federally funded dock that was rebuilt. I'm sure Neil would be very proud and happy to see that in his favorite park. But uh, in terms of um, aesthetics for a memorial to Neil, there's not a better place in the city. Yeah, and as a as a Rush fan, I'm sure that you have a special connection to the park, not just because you've also lived there, but also because of this song. I mean, how many songs can you point to the your average person you're like yeah i know that place that they're talking about in that song i have been there and i have done those same things well for many years i think uh toronto fans thought or at least tried to claim that the lakeside park that they were singing about was in toronto because there is a lakeside park 
in Toronto and Getty and Alex are both from there. But, you know, Neil was very clear that it was about his hometown. The 24th of May imagery that he speaks of is uh, a tradition here. Every year there's a carnival that uh, continues to be wonderfully cheesy, but nostalgic. And I'm sure when Neil was a bit younger, there was a there was still remnants of a permanent park there, I believe. Uh, there's still a carousel that was built at the turn of the century in Lakeside Park um, that uh, was willed to the city by a wonderful woman who was quite adamant that it remained only a nickel to ride. And to this day, it's still only a nickel and it's still a favorite place. So there's still kind of uh, the sounds of a merry-go-round echoing through the park all summer long. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a very relaxing and, and peaceful place. I was lucky enough to visit Lakeside Park back in 2015. And and just being there, you you can tell this is the place Neil was talking about. Like you said, the Willers are still there. The lighthouse is there. The pier's there. I took a photo of a pavilion with an orange roof. Now, is that the pavilion that's being renamed for Neil or rebuilt for Neil? How long ago were you there? 2015. Yeah, that, there is a brand new pavilion built. Um, it was updated. The old one was uh, somewhat damaged. Uh, and had been around many years, so the city invested significant uh, infrastructure money into building a nice new pavilion there um, that is, you know, certainly there for uh, use of anyone in the city. But that is now officially the Neil Peart Memorial Pavilion. And uh, the space where the art will be sort of is adjacent on either side of that pavilion. So if you remember kind of walking into the park, and seeing the canal and the marina in the background, mm-hmm. it would be to the left of the pavilion and the right of the pavilion. Too bad we're not on video, David. Your yeah, cat is really taking this over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we get to mention it. There's just the first time I was like, hey, look, there's a cat. And that cat is just like, knows that I'm looking for the cat because it keeps on going back and forth. Cat's a rush band. There you go. <laughs> So what about Neil's lyrics? Will they be incorporated in any way in this memorial? Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, think of the imagery, the rich imagery that uh, exists in in his lyrics over the year. If I was on one of the artistic teams, I would think that would be my starting place, uh, just to see what I could draw out and reflect in in any uh, visual piece. I certainly hope the lyrics of Lakeside Park are incorporated somewhere. I mean, everyone would gather. Just It's just such a strong imagery for the city. And uh, though it's just memories, some memories last forever. And I think that's a great epitaph when it comes to Neil and his lyrics. So there is so much that they can draw from. And, and uh, I know there's a couple of the groups that have um, uh, on their team the individual responsible responsible for a lot of Rush's album art too. So I know he's going to help some of the teams think visually as well. So between that and the people involved in each project, I'm sure Rush fans will will notice a lot of their favorite lyrics incorporated into the piece. You're talking about Hugh Syme, correct? Yes. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a place uh, I'm looking forward to it, but it seems like it's, it's going to be a little bit of of a while, right? You said it's not going to be decided upon until March of next year. Any idea of when it will open to the public finally? 
Well, I've, I've always joked from the beginning, we definitely want it open before 2112. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Um, and I know just after hearing this podcast that all your listeners are going to go to the donation page. Um, if we're going to switch into a different Rush song now, it would have to be big money. Right. <laughs> we've, we've, we've set a budget of around a million dollars to work with. Uh, if we raise more then you know, the artists can certainly incorporate that or other elements will have to be incorporated. Um, I would personally in a perfect world, uh, COVID aside, we get the seven proposals next year, the committee sits, um, we find one that heads and tails above the rest. Uh, we give them the green light. We complete the fundraising and set them to task. I, I would love to see shovels in the ground by summer 2023. So depending on how much money is raised, David, will there be other upgrades to Lakeside Park included in this? The city has been uh, investing in the shoreline now for quite a while. Uh, the pavilion was just part of it. The new uh, pier is another part of it. Uh, the old one is getting a little crumbly, so they've just uh, finished that last year. It's quite beautiful. You can walk out about uh, 200 meters out into Lake Ontario and uh, get a beautiful view of the park. There's some other developments in the area that are certainly making it uh, a destination like it once was for many, many years. There's beautiful marina down there and it's just uh, a great place. It's really one of the favorite places that people gravitate to in the summer in St. Catharines. So this, whatever it is, is certainly going to enhance everything the city is doing down there. So do you think there's any chance Getty and Alex would uh, show up to cut the ribbon when this opens up? Well, I'm not going to tip my hat too much about what I know and don't know. Certainly, Lakeside Park is a great venue to celebrate. But when this gets uh, finally completed, we have a nice new facility in downtown St. Catharines called the Meridian Center, where in the last few years, we've had people like Elton John and Jerry Seinfeld perform. Um, some big names coming to the city of St. Catharines. Based on the last documentary uh, and all the love and adoration that was given to Rush by the likes of Dave Grohl and Gene Simmons and many, many, many others, I, I would think that given the brain trust on our committee, that we would love to see something a little bigger, like a whole weekend celebration of the music and the man and the band. And I'm pretty sure Getty and Alex uh, could be coerced to come an hour down the QEW for a party in St. Catharines. <laughs> I know they've got their own beer. Getty's got a winery. <laughs> so between the Niagara wines and the new beer, I think it might be a little bit more than an afternoon with a cover band. All right. Now my mind is already racing of all the possible people who could show up. You know, when you think about it, uh, there's some very passionate fans out there. You only have to look at their induction in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the type and caliber of artists who might be willing to come down and uh, say a final tribute to Neil upon his art memorial being revealed. Uh, Steve and I uh, flew out to California from New Jersey to go to the, their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I think we can make it up there, too. <laughs> uh, that must have been fun. It was great. It was fantastic. 
You know, you mentioned the Meridian Center, David. I know they're doing a night for Neil. They've, they've moved it to April. Are you involved in that in any way? Um, not me personally. I know some members of the committee are. That was sort of a self-directed thing that happened very quickly and organically upon Neil's passing. I didn't get involved because I knew, uh, well, first I felt a little uh, put back. I was like, man, I, I had met with the mayor two years ago. But given, um, you know, all the love uh, and the desire by fans to want to do something that was put together very quickly. Uh, it's very unfortunate that, that COVID has delayed it, but maybe uh, maybe it's a blessing um, if it could be executed around the time of the announcement of the um, winning bid for the art piece. There's a lot of opportunities for synergy there, and the committee is definitely behind uh, whatever they do. Well, I know Rush fans all over the world are really thankful for all the work you're doing to put this together, David. Thanks so much for joining us today. We can't wait to come see it when it's completed. Well, I'd love I'd love to get you up here in Niagara within about uh, a half an hour from Lakeside Park or 122 wineries here. I'm sure you two would have a great time. Uh, the Canadians here are very hospitable, and it's a great place to spend uh, a lost weekend in the summer. <laughs> and can you tell us, I don't think you said the, the website where people can donate. Yeah. And that's, and that's critical. We, we really hope that rush fans uh, support us in our effort. Uh, this is a wholly idealistic tribute to the man and the band and uh, they can donate. Any donation would help. They can reach out to St. Catherine's, which is C-A-T-H-E-A-R-I-N-E. There is no E. I'll make sure you spell Catherine right. Uh, ca slash Neil Pierce. And that'll take you right to the donation page. And uh, we welcome all donations, big and small. Thanks so much, David. We really appreciate your time today. Have a great day. Thank you. And uh, what's your favorite song before I go? Red Barchetta. Nice. Jar? Mine's, I think mine was Free Will, wasn't it, Steve? It's so hard to pick. I, <laughs> I was doing another Rush thing with our friends from an inst- Rush fans Instagram page, and we had like a, a, we did this thing like this or that, like which, you get two songs, which song you're going to keep, which song you're going to throw away forever. And I'm not sure if I, what I did, I think I threw away one of my top picks for another song, because at that moment I was like, oh, that's definitely a better song. So I don't know. Right now, it's, I think it's going to be Free Will for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have my Rush beer now and Go listen to some rock. So thank you guys. <laughs> and yours is Lakeside Park, I would assume, right? Uh, well, it will be for the next little while. But like I said, uh, it, it was by Torn the Snow Dog. I, there's just something about Getty's voice and those wicked uh, guitar licks that uh, that's old school 70s rock. And I'm an old school 70s guy. So awesome. Thanks, David. Yep. Take care. So, Jared, I'm really excited about seeing the new Lakeside Park. I know you haven't been there yet, but no. It's it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a little larger kind of area than just a statue or a yeah. plaque. That's what some of the, um, you know, I think the, the first petition was like, let's have a statue or a plaque to kneel. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's going to be much larger than that. It could be, you know, something like um, Strawberry Fields in Central Park in New York City. Right. A place where people actually go to. They want to go to see this thing that's dedicated to one of their favorite musicians. So that would be great. I'm imagining a sculpture, a plaque, beautiful landscaping and lyrics, right? Yeah. In some way. It definitely, maybe some vegetation for birds since he was an avid bird watcher. 
there's so much nature that you could incorporate and have it just be part of the holistic kind of park mm-hmm. setting as just another you might not even notice it but just as a as a, a nod to his love of the outdoors and like we said to david i mean you could go so many different ways with this yeah it'd be interesting to see all seven proposals we'll probably only see the the one that wins obviously as the general public but to see the different directions everybody goes in certainly would be interesting should we go through the names of the seven finalists sure a day on the bridge incorporated which is an event planning company. Yep. IDS Integrative Design Strategies, which is a landscape architect in Toronto. Morgan Sculpture, based in St. John's, Newfoundland. I believe this is the one that the photo of the Neil sculpture on the drum kit that's been going around on the internet. Have you seen this? Yeah, there's also a, a video on YouTube of like a time-lapse video of him making like a prototype of the sculpture out of clay. Mm-hmm. I think if you just, uh, you know, key in Morgan sculpture on YouTube, you'll find it. There's four more RJ Burnside and associates, which is an established engineering and environmental consulting firm mm-hmm. from Canada. Ruth Abernethy, who's a sculptor, Ted Fullerton. Do we know anything about him? Uh, he's an artist. So his <laughs> site, well, of course he has a website. It looks like paintings and, and things. I went to his website. He looks more like a painter than maybe a sculptor. Mm-hmm. And the planning partnership is the final one. They're based in Toronto. Yeah. So again, like David said, there's landscaping and architects. So it's, mm-hmm. they have a big picture view of what the area is going to be like. So again, let's give the address for donations. It's www.stcatherines.ca slash Neil Peart www.stcatherines.ca slash Neil Peart. And I'm sure whatever you can afford would be greatly appreciated. A dollar, $2, $500, whatever you can afford. Yeah. And as David said, Catherine's is spelled C-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E-S. So Jared, you know, I forgot to ask David about the website that Port Luzi is selling merchandise on to raise money for the Neil Peart pavilion. Yeah. They have, um, lakeside park shirts, right? Is it just one design? Um, no, there are two designs. There's a lakeside park shirt. It's, you know, it's got a cool lakeside park logo in the rush font, the rush font from the first album. Yeah. The classic rush font, the classic rush font. And it's got, um, drumsticks on the sleeve. I bought one. It's great. What's the other one look like? Can you see it on the website? Yeah. It just says Lakeside Park, a different kind of font. Uh, I can't really see it very well. I don't own that one, but it looks nice as well. And they have a hat and other shirts. That's cool. 100% of the proceeds for the t-shirt, it says, are towards the Lakeside Park Memorial for Neil Peart. Mm, Maybe I'll have to pick one up. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Another thing we wanted to talk about is we saw Primus on Tuesday, Jer. We did see Primus on Tuesday at the beautiful Beacon Theater in New York. I love the Beacon Theater, man. That is, place is so beautiful. It is. It is. Now, you saw them at the Stone Pony Summer Stage. So why don't you tell us about that one first? Well, it was a beautiful night, Steve, outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ocean breeze. That show was good. I was a little underwhelmed, truthfully, 
at the presentation of the Rush songs. They just didn't seem to have the same kind of energy as the Primus songs. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the Primus is such an insane band, right? I mean, they're just, you know, pedal to the metal from the very beginning. But Tuesday's show was much better. I thought they were great. And so did I. I mean, I wasn't there on Saturday, but the Tuesday show was incredible. Yeah. I don't know what the difference was. Maybe a little bit of the difference was there seemed to be a lot more Primus fans at the show at the Beacon. And why do you think that made it better? I don't know, because people were chanting Primus sucks, remember? Which is the Primus way to say hello, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, they do that. That means Primus doesn't suck. Right, I know. But (laughs) nobody was doing that at the Stone Pony show. So I don't know how many people at the Stone Pony show were diehard Primus fans. Maybe there were more diehard Primus fans at the Beacon show and, I don't know, gave them an extra little kick in the pants. I don't know. They were more energized, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Although at this show at the Stone Pony, there were two people dressed up as penguins. Is that a Primus thing too? I think that's a Primus thing from the early nineties <laughs> and Les noticed them in the crowd. And he said, Oh, it's great to see the penguins here. And as everyone knows, penguins get free t-shirts and everyone kind of chuckled and he goes, that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if you dress up as a penguin and go to a Primus show, you get a free t-shirt. That's cool. That's cool. The thing that blew me away was Cygnus X1. I mean, that is right in Primus's wheelhouse, and they yeah. blew it out of the park. They did. They really killed it. That was awesome. And the other thing I didn't realize until I was watching it, I had never seen Rush do the song of Farewell to Kings. Right. I'd never seen Rush do Cinderella Man. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen Rush do Cygnus X1. Right. And of course, I never saw Rush do Madrigal. Because they never played Madrigal. They never played it. Les Claypool said, I asked Getty, did you ever play Madrigal? And Getty said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, Rush never played Cygnus in its entirety. They would tease it sometimes, right? I'm not sure if they never played it. I just never saw them play it. Well, that's what I mean. Like when we were seeing them, they did play a little snippet of it here and there. I think they played it on the Farewell to Kings tour. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. We should look it up. We should look it up. But overall, Primus did a fantastic job playing A Farewell to Kings, and it was well worth seeing. And Primus's music is incredible as well. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's insane. I don't know how they play like that. It's just the most intricate and awe-inspiring music. You know, the, one of the things I remember it was in, do you remember that free music paper that was around at least in the late eighties and early nineties, uh, East coast rocker. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Is that what it was called? East yeah. coast rocker. Mm-hmm. Someone had a review of Primus, maybe the, the second Primus album, Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And he described Primus as the house band in an insane asylum. And that is probably the best description of Primus you could possibly get. Oh Yeah. And I've gone down a Primus rabbit hole since. That's <laughs> so all I've been I. doing is listening to Primus, and I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. It's amazing how similar they are in many ways to Rush, and I didn't realize it back when I used to listen to Primus, but now you can hear the influence of Rush on their music. You really can. Is it just the experimentation? I think so. I think so. And they're a trio. 
Yeah. There's a lot there. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah, definitely. So Jerry, you had one more thing before we wrap things up. Uh, yes, a friend of the show. He, he's never been on the show, but he's definitely a friend of the show because he listens to the show and he participates in the at Rush Fans Instagram community a lot. His name is Tim Durling. He has a, a YouTube channel called Tim's Vinyl Confessions, and he has just finished his first book about collecting music, specifically A-track cassettes. Oh, wow. Called Unspooled, and he has a Kickstarter for it. Uh, he's trying to raise money to get it printed. He's about halfway there, and it closes, I think, in late October, October 23rd or something like that. I just want to let everybody know about that because he sent me some sample pages, and it's really well written and laid out. It has great trivia in it. And if you go to Kickstarter and just search for Unspooled, you'll see it, and then you can donate if you want to. Yeah, I'd love to check that book out. That's probably great. It also has a forward by a three-time guest, Martin Popoff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and there was two things in the pages he sent me I, I, I thought were interesting. First one is a question to you, Steve. When do you think the last eight tracks were sold? What the, year? The last eight tracks were sold? Yes. I'm going to say 1988. Yes. 1988. Wow, really? wow. Yes. You know why I picked 1988? Why? Because I got my first compact disc in 1987, and I figured compact discs probably killed the A-track. Yeah, and evidently they were only sold through those record clubs at that point. Columbia House. Like Columbia House. I don't know. There were other ones too, weren't there? I think Columbia House was the 500-pound gorilla. No, there was another one, but everybody had Columbia House. Yeah, I mean... If I had, if somebody had asked me, I would have said like 1979 or something, right? I didn't, I thought they were an extremely transitional music delivery system. The thing about eight tracks is if the album had more than eight tracks, they had to fade one of the songs in the middle of it and then bring it back up on the other track. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. I, we had, we had an eight track of American Pie. And that song is... <laughs> really long and we i think we also had an eight track of uh what is the name of that song it's an arlo guthrie song another famous arlo guthrie song where alice's restaurant jail. alice's restaurant we had an eight track of alice's restaurant it did the same thing like right in the middle yeah but it, it probably had to be on four tracks that, that song <laughs> is 20 minutes long <laughs> that's true the book is filled with just great stories and great trivia he has an image in there of an eight track cassette adapter you could use this adapter to play a regular cassette in your a track if you hadn't if you hadn't gotten a cassette player yet wow and rush on a track was probably not the greatest listening experience <laughs> with caressive steel 2112 hemispheres all those long songs on three or four different tracks yeah i didn't ask him about that i should ask him about those songs yeah that would be an interesting conversation so yeah, it's a, a Kickstarter and just search for unspooled. You'll find it. Nice. You can find us on Twitter. We are at rush Fancast. Instagram. You can find us at the rush cast email, Jerry, the rush at gmail.com. Let him know what you thought of our conversation with David DiRocco. What would you like to see at Lakeside park? Let us know the bass intro and outro Lex did Lakeside park. Of course. Of course he did. And Jer, what's your quote? This is my quote. I'm not going to tell you what it's from. 
A tired mind become a shapeshifter. Everybody need a soft filter. Everybody need reverse polarity. Everybody got mixed feelings about the function and the form. Everybody got to elevate from the norm. Vital signs, baby. Yeah. Thanks, Jer. All right, see you later.